A good day and welcome to episode 45 of the Umber Gaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Manny, and as always, I'm here with Matt. I'm here with Steve. And guess what? I'm here with the newest member of the Ombra Gaming team, Miss Kate. How are you? And welcome to the crew. I'm great. Thank you. We're so excited to have you. I'm going to have a sound effect. I probably won't, but... I hope you have one, because I... I meant more of like an uh, an, uh, uh, an applause oh. kind of thing. <laughs> uh, Kate, yeah. Welcome to the crew. For those who don't know, we met Kate at PAX East, and she was awesome, and uh, Steve and I were immediately like, right for us, because that'd be rad. And then, you know, a couple months later, you guest wrote our review of Octopath Traveler, and mm-hmm. it was, in fact, rad. Thank you. And Quite rad. now you're part of the crew. Yeah. I'm excited. Everything's awesome. We're, we are also excited. She then went through a very rigorous interviewing process. True. Many rounds. It's true, like, like the ones at Google or Facebook. Full background check. Which came back pretty rough. You have some shady things in your past, but we will look past it. So through all that, you've made the cut. So congratulations. Matthew, Stephen, hello. You are both not new to the podcast, but welcome nonetheless. Yeah, that's... I mean, yeah, been been doing it for a while now. Uh, you know, Forty-five episodes. Why? What? I'd say uh, we almost have an idea of what we're doing, but that's it's it's a work in progress. Oh my God, it's September. Yeah, it is. Well, I'm excited that we're all here. I'm excited to have Kate on the team, and I'm excited because this is episode forty-five of the Umber Gaming Podcast. We have some great things to talk about, just like we always do. Today's topic is a look into the rest of the year and beyond. So there are a lot of games coming out in the next handful of months, especially this fall, just right around the corner. In fact, the day we are recording this episode, there's a game coming out tomorrow, a little game called Speederman. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, Speederman. Yeah, that's the German. Whoa, it's actually <laughs> called Man Spider, and it that's stars true. Danny DeVito. Really looking forward yeah. to it. Fun little story. My older brother, when he so he was born in Puerto Rico, and uh, he didn't really know English until he was a little bit older. But he loved Spider Man, and so he would always run around as a kid dressed up as Spider Man, telling people he was Epidi. Aww, Epidi, yeah. Epidi, <laughs> so cute. Now he's forty and he's way less cute. Uh, so <laughs> that's the topic of today's podcast. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of games coming out, including Spider-Man, which like I said, is coming out tomorrow. And some of us feel like we're drowning in games. So we're going to have a little discussion about some of the ones that we're most looking forward to, some of the reasons that we're looking forward to them, and then just more broadly about what dictates our purchasing choices when so many games are dropping at once. But before we get to the topic of the podcast, we are going to play a very fun game that we haven't played in a while. We're going to play Get to Know a Gamer so y'all can get to know Kate a little bit better. But... I'll tell you what, the house is disgusting, so let's keep it. First up on housekeeping, please follow us on social media. We are at Ombra Gaming on Instagram and at Ombra underscore gaming on Twitter. And you should check them out because we have fantastic things to say. And that's where we say them. So check us out on social media. You can also find us on Twitch. You can follow us at twitch.tv slash Ombra underscore gaming where we stream almost every single day of the week on a variety of platforms and a whole bunch of different games, so check it out. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of exciting things to stream in the months to come. And you can also find us at our website, which is ombragaming.com, and that's just where all of our content lives, all of our articles, all of our reviews, every single episode of the podcast as well. So check out ombragaming.com and have some fun there. You can also give us a call at 347-509-5620. If you have anything to share about the podcast, an article, or anything else we put out, we would be happy to hear from you, unless you have some racist things to say, in which case we won't even listen to that voicemail. And if you like everything that you're hearing, if you like all the content on our website, and if you want to help us grow, you can do that at patreon.com slash gaming, where every single dollar will go right back into the show and make us the very best podcast we can possibly be. We have an amazing group of supporters on there, and we would love it if you join that group. Uh, we also have some amazing rewards there on Patreon, so if you want to check out what the things we have to offer, you can head over to patreon.com slash Gaming. Throw us a buck or two, it would mean a whole bunch. And you know what? 
There's a special someone that throws us a buck or two, and that special someone is Nerdiest Brands. Nerdiest Brands is a fantastic website that features products from vendors and designers from around the world. I didn't even have to read it this time, guys. Check that out, no matter the nerdy fandom. So if you want to go check out some rad nerdy gear, head over to to nerdiestbrands.com. That's N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S, brands.com. And, of course, thank you to them for sponsoring the show. We appreciate it. So now that the house is nice and clean, let's get on with the show. It's time for Get to Know a Gamer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Get to Know a Gamer, also known as G2CAG. I'm your host, Sherwin Naselman, and this is the game show in which I ask in-depth questions to our panel of contestants so that you, our listeners at home, can learn more about each person. Today's our end of summer, but it's still 90 degrees out episode, so let's get to know a gamer. We have a new contestant on the show for the first time ever. Please, studio audience, give a warm welcome to Kate. Hello. Kate, please tell the audience where you're from, your favorite color, and if you prefer cats or tortoises. Well, (laughs) I'm from Maryland. My favorite color is teal, and I prefer cats to most animals. Oh. Including well, that was episode 45 <laughs> of the Omra Gaming Podcast. <laughs> Our first game is called Vacation Destination. I'm going to give you all four in-game locations from a variety of video games, and you have to choose one and tell us why that location is the best vacation destination. Your options are Luigi's Haunted Mansion, the test facility from Portal, Earth in Destiny, but the Traveler's protective shield has already been destroyed, or the rotating levels of Stick Fight. What was the second one? It was Luigi's Mansion, GLaDOS's lab? The test facility from Portal, yeah. Wait, what was the third one? Earth Earth from the video game series Destiny, and then the rotating levels of the Stick Fight world. All right, so why don't we start with Steven? What's your vacation destination? I'm going with Luigi's Haunted Mansion because I think it has commercial appeal. There's a lot of people who go and stay in, like, uh, who was it, Lizzie Borden's house and things like that. So they like that haunted aspect. So I think that's an easy sell to a lot of folks. And Airbnb that out. Yeah. It'd be a good, like, group thing to do. You get a, a, you know, a good group of people who like horror. Like, they like to play, like, Until Dawn together and see the different outcomes and things like that. They would enjoy that because it's real life Until Dawn, you know? And uh, I know with Luigi's Mansion, like, you're really not going to die. And if you die, all you do is, like, fall down a hole and then you lose a couple of stars, but you go and get those later, so it doesn't matter. Rules don't exist and we will never die. (laughs) (laughs) That is a pretty solid answer. Uh, Manny, what's your vacation destination i'm gonna agree with steve i think because it's october almost and it's the perfect time of year to have some kind of haunted mansion retreat not your typical vacation also a lot of rooms you know you can fit a lot of people i could probably do do a whole big old halloween party and have a bunch of fun uh lots of laughs lots of scares just seems like a good place to hang out and kate what's your vacation destination it is also Luigi's Haunted oh Mansion <laughs> for all of the above reasons. All right. Well, since you all chose Luigi's Mansion, uh, you all will have to divide up the points distributed from this round, which were uh, five Labor Day weekends. Oh, that's 15 days. So you'll have to divide that up. You can do the math. Sounds like we all have five days off from work. Uh, Alrighty, Our next round is what I like to call summer memories and this is a bit more on the get to know you side of get to know gamer i'd like you each to tell our listeners at home a great summer memory from this year so that they can get to know you better i'll choose which one's best oh jesus christ (laughs) you're going to judge our memories of summer. (laughs) someone needs to win points steven our first summer memory goes to manny one of my favorite summer memories was when we had the Xbox event here in our nation's capital. It was such a wonderful community gathering of gamers and content creators and competitors. And Steve came down and Kate was there. Pretty much everybody but you, nasal man. And um, <laughs> it was <laughs> it was just a blast. Um, and I think it really brought out the 
passion of the gaming community of DC, which I think was was previously sort of slept on. So I think uh, I'm glad it came out. It was great, and we had a good time, and we're already starting to plan the next one. So great audio quality at that event too. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> Well, to echo Manny's sentiments, if you were there, it sounded great. All right, Stephen, what's your summer memory? I do have to echo Manny's sentiments in that that event was also my favorite moment of the summer because it was the first time we got asked to do anything like that. And it was so cool to see Manny host that first panel and then for us to get to interview Dr. Andy Freak on that panel as well. That was a lot of fun. And then we got to host a live podcast. Sure, the audio didn't turn out so well on Twitch, Mr. Gripes a lot, but it was really cool there in person. So that was one yeah. of my favorite events because um, not only was it us getting to like kind of get our name out there, but we got to hang out with Kate again and then we got to hang out with Caleb as well, who we don't get to see that often. So... It was really Gabe. a ton of fun. And Gabe, yeah. Gabe. He's a great dude. All right. Kate, what's your summer memory? Um, so that was a great memory, but for variety's sake, I will say it was a couple weekends ago when I went down to DC to hang out with Manny and we played a board game with a VHS component through what was it, tabletop simulator? It was called Nightmare. Uh it was a ridiculous game. And I think Manny has since bought it in, so we can play it in person. <laughs> I sure have. <laughs> some guy in the UK. It was a good time. Already, Kate, since you were unique and original, you've won that round. You've earned 12 long summer nights. Oh, okay. Okay, our last round is Barbecue Bonanza. You each need to come up with one dish you'd serve at a barbecue that is also video game themed. Oh, fuck. All right, Kate, your barbecue's up first. What's your barbecue bonanza meal? I'm not really sure how you would cook this on a barbecue, but I'm going to go with a sweet roll from Skyrim and all of the Elder Scrolls series, really. Suck it up to the host there, Kate. All right, Manny, what's your barbecue bonanza? My barbecue bonanza dish is going to be Mario-themed, and it's going to be Goomba burgers and level-up mushroom burgers for the vegetarians. I'm going to use, like, condiments to make little faces on the burger patties to make them look like Goombas. And then for the mushrooms, I'm also going to use condiments like ketchup and maybe cheddar cheese or maybe mayo to make uh, little level-up mushrooms like for Mario. We're going to have a little old Mario party on the rooftop. Get it? Mario party? That's cute. I'm a fucking poet. All right, Steven, what's your barbecue bonanza dish? I'm going with Big Boss's Bayou Alligator Tacos because Whoa. Metal Gear Solid 3, you could slice up some alligators and eat them for food. Obviously, he didn't have the beans to go full on barbecue, but I bet Big Boss could grill up he can, some he mean can alligator tacos. Yeah. So, yeah. What would be in the alligator tacos? Oh, you know, he would... Uh, He'd have some seasoning, of course. Probably a little bit of cumin thrown in there. That's how that's how it always goes with tacos. Um, he's he's a fan of lime and cilantro. And then I think he'd probably go with a small amount of diced tomatoes. Maybe maybe even pico de gallo. He might he might be a pico de gallo type of guy. All right. Well, Manny, you've earned twenty two ears of corn for that answer. Got a lot of time off and a lot of corn, which I believe does mean that our winner is. In fact, Manny, as ears of corn, are worth more than long summer nights. That's what the judges are telling me. I'm sorry. Tell you what, I got too many ears of corn. Kate, Steve, come over. We'll have burgers of all kinds. That means our end of summer, but it's still 90 degrees out, summer court Commodore is Manny. Hey, I'm the Commodore of the summertime. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in to Get to Know Gamer. I'm your host, Sherwin Naselman, and please remember to spare new to your pets. Good night. Hey, Sherwin Naselman. That's a weird name, but you're a half-decent host. Thanks for hosting Get to Know a Gamer. What a blast. So let's keep the show going. The topic of the pod, which, as I stated at the beginning of the show, is a look into the future. Uh, so there are a lot of games coming out in the fall. And we have a lot to look forward to. So the way we're going to break down this conversation is we're going to go around the group and talk about some of the games we're most looking forward to and why. And then we're going to just have sort of an informal discussion about sort of bigger picture. What dictates our consumer behavior? What dictates our purchasing decisions uh, when it comes to games? And especially when they're all coming out so rapid fire. So let's start 
with the new kid. Kate, what games are you looking forward to? And uh, tell us a little bit about why. The first game is Fallout 76. I'm a big Fallout fan. I've been playing it not since the beginning, but since Fallout 3. And 76 has the multiplayer aspect, which could be really fun. So far, everything that they've sort of teased about the multiplayer seems very positive. And the PvP, it sounds like they've put a lot of thought into how to deal with griefers and stuff. So I'm pretty pumped to travel the wasteland of West Virginia with some friends. My family is from West Virginia, so uh, I plan on finding their property in the game and claiming it for my own. So please don't nuke my family property, anyone who's playing. <laughs> I won't nuke your family home because we're Thank you. probably going to be scavenging the wasteland in a pack. So Yes. I feel bad. Have a mean pack. We're going to have a mean pack. It comes out November 14th. Um, I believe there is a beta starting next month. If you pre-ordered and got the cool power armor, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just want the helmet. I mean, I'm gonna get the game, but like, I just want the game and the helmet. Uh, so, what other game are you most looking forward to? So, I'm not exactly personally looking forward to this game, but I know a lot of people are, so I wanted to mention mm. it. Um, Kingdom Hearts Three is coming out January 25th. It's been 14 years since Kingdom Hearts Two came out, and a lot of loyal fans clearly, because they're still excited 14 years later yeah i didn't love kingdom hearts 2 but i do think the whole disney and final fantasy and everything else sort of jrpg mashup is pretty cool i i wanted to mention it because i know we have a lot of people that are looking forward to it i kind of just want to play the toy story missions like that looks fun it never spoke to me because it's like i can't wrap my i can't like and like i know this is like shitting on the kingdom hearts series a little bit but like i can't what's the word i'm like equivocate the sense of like adventure and like RPG-ness with like Disney. And I think like them keeping up with Disney movies while a lot of people are like into that shit and they're like, yeah, like we, there's a frozen world or whatever. I'm just like, that makes me feel like there's less, like there's less of a history almost. Like if, if they're just sticking with the, the newest Disney trends, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think the way that they, what about Wreck-It Ralph? <laughs> I believe there's a Wreck-It Ralph world actually. In Kingdom Hearts 3. The way that they set it up makes sense. And there is like an overarching story that sort of like ties all the worlds together. So yeah, if you if you checked it out, you might feel a little differently about that. But Probably. I mean, is the lork, is this canon? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's in order to play the game, you have to be like, okay, I'm going to play a game where like all these universes are connected, but they're not really in real life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that most games though? Yeah, that's like every video game. No, but it's like, oh, this it's, world it's is connected with from, this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Because Kingdom Hearts is connecting things that were never connected before. Right. They're but just I, under the same I guess brand. that's also the appeal of it to some yeah, people, yeah, yeah. too. Yep. All right. Let's keep it going. Matt, what are the games that you're most looking forward to and why? So I'm most looking forward to, uh, well, I'm most interested in seeing what happens with one of them. And I'm also very looking forward to the other. Okay. So... I'm most interested in seeing what happens to Anthem. Anthem comes out February 22nd. If you have EA or Origins Early Access, it comes out February 15th of next year. As more info comes out about it, I'm like getting a little more and more cautious. Whereas when there was less info about it, I was more excited. Now we have a good amount of information uh, one point being that Fort Tarsus is like this very Destiny-like central hub where you go there to turn in your quests, talk to a few people, talk to your factions, get new quests, and then you leave it. The storytelling, that like it, that doesn't work for Destiny. That's why Destiny's story is weak. I could just easily just see that being the same thing here. Like The thing that concerns me a lot about Anthem is like all of the news about it has been gameplay related. Um, and mm, Bioware is, I mean, to for me personally, Bioware is the story company. I go to them for, to their games for good story and good characters. And there has been very, very little information about either of those things in any news. So I'm yeah. like... Are you, are you playing your cards, like, that close to your chest? Or is there just really not much there to that talk there. about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was, like, scouring their website, and 
uh, gave like three examples of people you interact with in Fort Tarsus. And one is like, this person studied this and now they're a freelancer. And this person like went to the community college of, that's like a quote, <laughs> like a community college of this, uh, I don't know, whatever their powers are or something. And I was like, this Magic. is like some weird, yeah, this is some weird <laughs> phrasing and stuff. And then the the story in general, like the whole context, like the the anthem, like is this font of power of some sort where, you know, it uh, in the beginning times, it like helped create the world in general. And now some factions are trying to control it. Uh, and the freelancers are like trying to protect the humans and humans developed the those exosuits to harness the power and, and just stay alive um, and thrive. And we're just like, okay, I don't know. I'm just not excited about it as more and more info comes out. It's just like, I could write this as like fan fiction on the side for just like, and create it myself. You know, it's just like, it's just exactly what you were saying. Like, Bioware's a story company and like, where's the story? Yeah, where are the great memorable characters? Because like, all their other games have characters that it's like, you know, I feel like I know them. They were so well developed. And this, I'm just like, okay, that person went to Magic Community College. It can work. It and and the world looks beautiful. The outside world that they're exploring, it looks very cool. The combat looks really interesting. So I'm cautious about it. Is all I'm saying. So I'm looking forward to it, them releasing more info. I'm particularly interested in what they release around the the role playing game aspect of it. So I'll be looking to that as we move through the next months as February gets closer. Cool. What is so that's uh, that. your other game? My other game that I'm getting more and more excited about is Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which comes out October 5th. It takes place during the Peloponnesian War, which is Athens versus Sparta. You can choose two from two characters, Cassandra or Alexios. I was watching more gameplay today. Uh, it seems... Like, they're taking inspiration from God of War. They're taking inspiration from Skyrim, from The Witcher. Um, they're really, like, putting a lot of effort into turning it into a role-playing game, which is interesting, and it's, like, different, thank God, because Assassin's Creed has often been the same thing over and over again. So that has made me really interested and excited. I love the infusion of mythology into the mix. Um, I was reading some articles today, and one of the... One of the folks working on the game was like, you know, the reason we decided to include things like Medusa or the Minotaur is because, like, that was the mythology and religion at the time. And people, like, were, that's what they practiced. Those are people, like, the gods are who they worshipped. So they just wanted to, like, infuse it with that, um, which mm. I really liked and was really interesting. I've always loved Greek mythology. So, yeah, I'm interested, too. The combat is customizable. Uh, one person said it's less about uh, blocking and more about dodging and parrying and charging up some of your skills and you can customize those skills. So I'm just getting more and more interested and excited for it. I will probably buy that one on release so I can review it. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to that one a lot. Manny, why don't you go next? I will go next. Um, the two that I originally was going to go with was going to be Smash Bros. Ultimate, which comes out in December, and then uh, Pokemon Let's Go, which comes out a little bit before that. I want to say November, I think. But I'm going to bail on Pokemon, even though I'm very excited to get that. I'm still excited. It's going to be great. I've written articles about it, and I feel like I've talked about it recently on the podcast. But what I'm going to put in its stead is Rage 2. I got At PAX, I went back to Bethesda Days, and I'll talk more about that um, later on. But it looked so fucking good. And I was like, I was like at like a 6 before. But I think like watching the panel and hearing them talk about it, and they actually played through I think like the first sort of scene right there on the stage was really cool the uh, movement looks super hectic and and gory and um, the sort of aesthetic of like post-apocalyptic but like 80s sort of neon punk it just looks really rad maybe not so much 80s maybe maybe more like 90s with like mohawks and shit but yeah it just looks really really fun and and I think mechanically will be a really really impressive game um, so I'm really looking forward to that uh, and then, yeah, of course, um, Smash Ultimate. I cannot wait. I think that's probably the game I'm most looking forward to for the end of this year. It, it Smash has just always been, like, a really special game for me, I think, especially, like, in high school and into college, like, playing with friends. I think, like, 
my favorite version was probably was probably melee i wasn't going to get a gamecube controller for it until i saw that they came out with a smash branded gamecube controller and i'm gonna get it so yeah i I think it's gonna be like a really special entry in the smash series you know aside from the fact that the roster is massive and includes pretty much everyone but all the new mechanics and all the new sort of features that that game has i think it's going to bring out the best of the people who love the game um and i think yeah it's just going to be a really special thing and a lot of people are saying it's going to be sakurai's last game last uh smash so we shall see but those are the games that i'm that are amongst the top of the of the uh soon to be released roster um so yeah steve what about you why don't you run round off this part of the conversation all right so i'm not gonna spend too much time on it because i think i've talked about red dead redemption 2 for a thousand hours from i mean everything we've seen about red dead it looks absolutely incredible if you haven't played the first one go play it it's totally worth it it still holds up even if you're playing it on like ps3 or backwards compatible on xbox it definitely holds up well and the story's great it's one of the, like those rockstar games that actually has a good story because grand theft auto 5 is fun but i mean like do you really care about any of those characters like in grand theft auto 5 like who did you care about like they were all just like i don't know they're i felt like they were all shit, kind of but I, yeah. felt, I i liked how their stories intertwined i thought that was cool no, i do that, think that red dead cool is obviously concept be... yeah but that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like Red Dead is like Rockstar's real good attempts at story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they they released a bunch of tweets today with like different characters and Dutch's gang with like little quotes. So that was really cool to get like a, a an in depth look uh, at some of the characters coming out. Um, so that comes out October 26th. Obviously, I'm going to buy it. Everybody should buy it. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to play that until my eyes bleed. It's going to be great. My last one is uh, Battlefield Five. Um, they actually pushed that back till November twentieth. So thank you EA, because October is going to be fucking hell. So you actually yeah. give me some time to get through Red Dead. That way I can actually enjoy Battlefield because it was going to come out way too close together, yeah. and that would have been a nightmare. And so thank you EA for pushing it back. Switch, I mean, yeah, I get it. I, I, get it. I don't. Both of I don't. Together. I don't. I don't relate to that. Anywho, the beta has been released for battlefield 5 and the gameplay looks really fun um the time to kill is a little bit more i guess uh hardcore i guess you could say or just strict maybe i don't know but Mm. so you take basically less bullets to go down um so it's going a little bit more to that kind of i guess like uh not to the extremes of sandstorm insurgency or anything like that but there is a little bit more strategy to it than like a call of duty where it's like mostly run and gun from what I've seen, they put actually a pretty big emphasis on the building of structures, but it's not like Fortnite where you're walking around the map and you see like those holographic spots of like where you could build stuff. What happens is if you actually bring up your map, you can see little areas on the map that'll actually tell you like you can build stuff here potentially, but it like doesn't tell you what you could do. It doesn't like show um, like how big of the structures you can make. So from what I've seen, it's nothing like Fortnite in the sense that, like, you can build these outrageous towers. You're basically just building actual kind of World War II-style fortifications. And they also announced their Battle Royale is 64-person squad-based, mm-hmm. which I think is a cool take on it. They said that there's still going to be heavy involvement with um, the vehicles and the building mechanics. So I'm really interested to see how it all plays out because it is a very different style of Battle Royale, which I think you need to do because, like, you can't just do the same thing that PUBG, Fortnite, H1Z1, all those other battle royale games are doing because people will just stick with those ones. So like you got to give people a reason to try your new modes. Um yeah, it looks amazing. And like I said in the past, like they've said all the right things about Battlefield 5. They got rid of a lot of the paid for stuff, which is again the right thing to do. So we'll kind of see how it comes into in into practice because like I've said, this is kind of like their audition for potentially what anthem could be i guess in terms of like dlc and things like that so we're kind of seeing now if they've learned their lesson from battlefront 2 i've loved the battlefield game so i'm really looking forward to this one and like i said i'm really glad it got pushed back because now i can clear my plate a little bit before and actually put some time into it good pick steve uh so let's keep the conversation going so like with all this said right there's so many games that we are looking forward to and so many games that are coming out especially crammed into the last quarter of this year so yeah, Kate, uh, I know you brought a question up 
earlier in the Discord that you wanted to post to the group. So why don't you bring it up and we can chat about it. So my question was, with so many games coming out at the same time, what for you personally determines uh, what you pick up first? Is it cost, what your friends are playing, sequel, like brand loyalty, that sort of thing? Honestly, what comes into mind for this is just like how good the game looks. I, I would say, I guess... Brand loyalty only goes so far because, like I've talked about in the past, I love the Metal Gear series, but I hate Rising, so like I wouldn't right. play that. And for like I've talked multiple times, like I love the Battlefield series, but I wasn't a huge fan of Battlefield Battlefield One. I just didn't like the way that one played. I put in hundreds of hours on Battlefield Four, but that one I just wasn't as interested in. So I have to see some gameplay that would actually appeal to me. But yeah, I think a franchise. I'll always look at a franchise I love. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt more often than not. But I still want to see gameplay before I actually make a purchase. And luckily, we kind of live in an age where you will see tons of videos before the game actually comes out. Yeah. I think I'm also a sucker for hype. (laughs) And, like, if I see gameplay, uh, especially gameplay trailers. Understatement of the year. Yeah. (laughs) I love getting excited about things. Pardon me for wanting to feel (laughs) joy. So yeah, like especially I, I think gameplay trailers is like one of the most motivating or one of the most one of the things that impacts my decision making the most um, because it goes beyond pretty, you know, cutscene trailers or pretty dialogue or what have you. So I think it's like nice to be able to see how the game will actually be mechanically. Now, granted, especially with all the uh, what's the word I'm looking for backlash in regards to Spider-Man being different than what it was supposed to be when we first got to look at it. You know, you, you don't really know what the game well, that's a little strong. You you don't know exactly what the game will play like until you play it yourself, right? But yeah, gameplay trailer is fantastic. And I think um, for me, yeah, there's definitely like a brand loyalty thing. I think I'm always willing to like, it's like a, you know, if these games were like applying for a job and one of, and brand loyalty is like having a, a reference from, you know, internal, right? So like those, those get to the top of the pile. So I will at least give those like first consideration. Doesn't mean I'll always buy them because... Steve makes a great point about Metal Gear. And then, yeah, like the what your friends are playing on, for sure. I know that impacts all of us here. Like Matt is going to play, you know, Fallout 76 on PC with with Toot. And we're going to play on PS4 so we can all jam together. So And, like, I got Overcooked 2 on Switch because multiple people had it on Switch. So, like, yeah. it's all about, like, where you can find your friends. And it's I will say, though, like, like the, the motivation of playing with your friends, it can be, like, kind of fickle because, like, there have totally been games where a friend has been like, yo, get this game. It's going to be awesome. And we either don't play together or we play together once or twice and then never touch it. What I would say is I'm not super pressured by like what my friends are playing. I do take it into consideration when I'm like buying a game for a certain platform since Sony doesn't allow crossplay. So like I will consider like if I'm going to play Switch or PC, um, I'll take that into consideration mm-hmm. when I'm buying a game, but usually I'm already set on buying that game. Generally, I will purchase a game that I'm really interested in that, like you guys said, it's gameplay. If I'm not like going to review it for us, I'll wait till other reviews come out. I don't buy games day one usually anymore, except in, in really specific cases, but uh Money-wise, that's also a factor. I do try and spread them out. Yeah. Uh, just because I know if I buy if I buy two new releases really close to each other, I'm, I'm not going to play them both. There's no, I don't have the time yeah. to do that anymore. Yeah. So what about you, Kate? You uh, posed the question. How would you answer Um, it? I mean, I would say it's like the rest of you. It's usually like a lot of hype or just interest. Um, and there's also, for me, a big component of franchise or series loyalty just because you know i know that bethesda usually makes this standard of game so i'll probably be able to enjoy myself for you know 60 plus hours or whatever so kate i know you had another question that you brought up to the discord um why don't we take this moment to sort of segue into that one so the popularity of multiplayer games and the games as a service model uh, means that games are demanding a lot more of our time and they're kind of asking us to keep coming back so how do we think that this will impact release schedules in the future, if it does at all? Do you think developers are thinking about this? And how do gamers, particularly gamers with jobs or school, um, manage their sort of finite amount of free time? 
with all these things demanding our attention. As our uh, resident Ubisoft man, I like games as a service is most of my library, and I think I I really don't know how it affects like other studios in terms of when they announce um, releases or when they plan to drop their games. But I think what it I think what it does affect is like if you look at the year the yearly events, right? Like the annual events, the big ones like E3s and PAX. Not so much PAXs because that's more about community, but E3, PSX, GDC. Um, Gamescom, like those kinds of sort of landmark events throughout the year, I think that impacts at the very least announcements, which doesn't necessarily dictate release dates, but it can uh, it can dictate like the hype leading up to it, right? Um, like we've known about Anthem for a whole bunch of time, and the, our earlier conversations have been like, I don't know about this, and then like like one could argue that the hype train started a little early on that one, right? I mean, same could even be said for something like Rage 2, but we've seen so much of Rage 2 at this point that we have a much better idea of what we're dealing with. So, yeah, I, I don't... I, I Honestly, I have no idea how it would impact, like, how studios line up their games for release, but I imagine the games-as-a-service games, if anything, like, they're working around other studios' releases because they know that they... They have a, they have a taller, you know, hill to climb, so to speak. They have... They have gamers who have fallen off their games and now they're trying to entice them to come back on top of new IP that's coming out on top of sequels to other games that are coming out. So it's tough for sure. Yeah, I think that's why Bungie released so early in September. Yeah. Because they knew they would be overwhelmed if they didn't. They also have typically released early in September for Destiny. I'm pretty sure all four of those major releases have been beginning of September. Uh, I had talked about this. Like, I picked up Warmind and Osiris because I got some birthday bucks. So I was like, fuck it. I'll pay 20 bucks to get both of these. Got back into it. And so far, I will say it's a, a good reason to get back into the game. It doesn't just seem like cheap like Osiris and Warmind because those weren't really in-depth DLCs. Like, I feel bad for the people who paid the full price for those. I got lucky and I got them both for 20 bucks. But those weren't worth, like, what was it, 35 bucks? I think that they, they charged for both of those or yeah, something. Yeah, I think I got $5 off for yeah. it. Yeah. And both of those together weren't worth it because, like, when I was playing Warmind, I didn't even realize I finished Warmind until I went back to the tower and they're like, oh, yeah, you completed the Warmind campaign. I was like, did I? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, news to me. a waste of money. Um, but this is really fun because it's actually given us a reason to play again. Like you're ranking up again. They've kind of changed some of the systems around for the better in a lot of ways. I was just going to say, it feels like a lot more games are sort of taking that MMO model these days where it's like, all right, every X amount of weeks we have a new thing and then we'll have a seasonal thing. And you know, it's like with MMOs, you usually have people that just play them and they don't really play anything else. So like, that's really fine and exciting to them when a new event comes out. But for those of us that play a lot of games, it can kind of feel like, oh my God, like, am I going to have a social life? I want a social life. <laughs> you know, like what, what, what am I supposed to do? I want to keep up with, you know, all these different games and I want to play a new single player game. And so I don't, yeah, there's no answer, but it's just, it is something to think about. Yeah, I think it's all about just, like, rationing your time. Because, like, I played a little bit of Forsaken, but, uh, you know, when midnight hits, I'm going to be playing Spider-Man until I beat that. And then I'll probably, if I beat that in time, I'll go back to the Forsaken a bit before Tomb Raider comes out and play that. And, like, I don't know. I feel like it's always about having kind of a balance. Like, have a game that you can kind of pick up, play a little bit here and there, then have a game that, like, you really get invested in and, like, put some time into. For sure. And that's fucking hard because... I can't stop playing the messenger because I want to hundred percent it before I pick up. I literally haven't turned on my PlayStation. Well, I've been using it for Spotify to listen to the fucking messenger soundtrack, but I haven't played a fucking game on the PS4 since before PAX, you know? Cause like I'm, my attention is just being totally overtaken. And so it's tough. Yeah. Like I made a handful of friends at PAX. They're like, let's play Overwatch together. Let's play Rocket League together. And I'm like, maybe if I'm done with this shit first, but um, yeah, you're right. It is about having that balance, and that balance is fucking hard to strike sometimes, especially when we're literally drowning in games. Cough, cough, Nintendo. Um, so, folks, that was the topic of the pod for this week's episode. If you have any thoughts about the torrent of games that is coming out and how you plan to handle it all, let us know. We would act legitimately love to hear how you are handling your life over these next couple months because um, I'm not handling it well. 
So with that, let's keep the show going, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the part of the show where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Patch Notes. Hey, it's just me again, and I'm just going to talk about packs. We don't have any real news today, even though there are a bunch of things that happened. Uh, I don't know. Look us up on Twitter. We probably tweeted about it. But packs just happened, and I'm going to give you the quick and dirty on it. Give me the dirty. Pax was fantastic. Seattle is awesome. I'd never been to that part of the country. Um, before I say anything else, shout out to Brian, his fiance Jill, and our good friend Caleb for being amazing hosts. Jillian, they're great. They were gracious hosts, and they they showed me the sights of Seattle, and and we did a bunch of rad shit. So shout out to them. Um, but yeah, it was fantastic. I'll give you sort of a quick rundown of of how it all went. Um, I got there on a Thursday morning, so I had a whole day to chill before PAX started on Friday. And, yeah, we just kind of explored Seattle and had a good time. You could definitely see people coming in, you know, carrying huge pieces of, like, cosplay equipment and um, some were already in in costume and shit. And then Friday just, like, kicked things right off, and it was exactly like I remember it from PAX East. I will say PAX East is bigger, for sure, Um, both in, like, scope and size um like the convention center like spread out over multiple places too like isn't pax east just like the one convention center yeah well so pax west is mostly located in one building and then there's like a sky bridge attached to another part of the convention center but like a couple different pax events that you didn't need a pass to go to were held at like nearby hotels and like um little like sort of like meeting areas but yeah, it was awesome. Friday was fantastic. We went straight to the show floor and walked around and just kind of like got a lay of the land because it is overwhelming, even though it's smaller than East. Um, not as many windows, which was like kind of weird. It's like pretty dark in PAX, in, in PAX West um, at the Seattle um, Expo Center. And then, yeah, we we kind of just dove right into it on Friday. We had our interview with um the with Thierry of the sabotage team which is up on youtube and on our website as well and that was fantastic it was awesome to see them again um like i stated in in the interview like they were just in a completely different place like this thing that they had lost sleep on for so fucking long finally came out um and to see them just like super relaxed um Thierry even said in the interview like he's like yeah we like go out and party every night and then we're back here doing this fucking booth again in the morning um, was awesome to see. So it was cool to just see them, you know, elated and, and having a good time. Um, I also got to check out some other indie games at the Indie Mega Booth, which was a lot of fun. There's some really rad people working on amazing games. And um, the Indie Mega Booth was, uh, it smelled, it smelled so bad. There were so many bodies packed into that one, like, quadrant of the of the center. But it was awesome to see, you know, these these passion projects coming out. Yeah, then we ended up at the What's Good Games event. Uh, it was just like a local meetup at a bar on Friday night. A fucking Shuhei Yoshida was there. I shook his hand, and I he he bowed to me real deep, bowed very deep. I'll be honest, like, I forget what the fuck I said to that man. I think I thanked him for his work, which is a weird fucking thing to say. Um, and he was, like, very nice. It was amazing that he wasn't being mobbed, but, like, he also just looks like an old guy in a tan suit, so I can imagine that not a lot of people recognize him offhand. Corey Barlog was there. I had a conversation with him about God of War, and I, I, uh, like we chatted about how the game like impacted me, and um, it was just it was ridiculous um to see that caliber of of person there. Um, so it was really cool. There was a bunch of really awesome folks uh, that we met that night. Shout out to the OK Beast guys. They're awesome. We're gonna probably hopefully be doing some work with them soon. We met a bunch of other podcasters. It was just a great night, and you know Steve we talk about the PAX East what's good games meetup. And it's like, I think those two events were like the most impactful of PAX of both PAXs. Like overall, like that's where I left with like actual friends, you know? And then Saturday was just back to the show floor. And, and uh, we went to a couple different panels. Um, We went to the kind of funny intersight championship tournament, which was cool. We got to see some smash gameplay, you know, sort of in the flesh. It looks fucking awesome. Um, It like went down to the wire and it was, it was crazy. We met uh, just like some really wonderful people from the um, kind of funny community. Um, so they actually, we were planning on going to a Facebook party Saturday night. And then, and that was like 20 minute, uh, it was like a 20 minute cab ride out of Seattle. And then um, one of the OK Beast guys was like, hey, 
there is like a kind of funny sort of friends meetup that's happening at one of their apartments, sort of friends of friends, like just meet us there and we'll have a good time. And we ended up going and I was super hungover from the night before, but it was awesome. There was like maybe 30 people there just like hanging out. Greg Miller showed up. We were all just like having chips and beer and just like kicking it. Um, Just like really sweet people. And it was cool to see, especially like the younger folks. There were a lot of, maybe not a lot, but a handful of like college kids who were studying communications or radio broadcasting. And they were inspired by people like Greg Miller and inspired by these people who are putting out like media content um, with plans to like get into that. And I was like, fuck, I wish I was doing that when I was your age. Yeah, man. As a fellow uh, communications major for all the people who say communications is a dumb major, they can go fuck themselves because it's a great major. So all you communications majors out there, keep doing the fucking thing. Yeah, keep keep doing it. And then where does that put us? Sunday? Uh, Sunday was kind of like a chill day. Um, I, you know, we did a handful of interviews and stuff, and we were all kind of tired. I napped a little bit. Uh, but then Sunday night was the uh, sabotage launch party for The Messenger, and that was like one of the most ridiculous times I've had in recent memory. Um, it was great. Shout out to all of them, of course, and congrats. Um, but it was just cool to see them celebrating a huge win. Um, and they were, they were exclusively serving poutine, which I had never had before. Um, (laughs) poutine is delicious, man. Yeah. Poutine is fucking amazing. Um, I'm anti poutine. All right. Well, you two, you two have (laughs) terrible taste, so I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. Sorry for your shitty taste buds. (laughs) Cheese curds on French fries. Disgusting. Uh, Disagree. You motherfucker. It's delicious. But You know what? The second amendment says we can feel differently about poutine. I actually sat down with one of the founders of Paper Cult, who's coming out with a really rad game called um, Blood Roots. And I sat, I just sat down with him, sat down next to him with a plate full of poutine, and I was like, "Is this the real thing?" And he was like, "Dude, no." Um, and he like told me about all the like cuisine of Montreal and um, like what it's like. I've been to Montreal. Um, nice, well, interesting thing. So there, the indie game scene in Montreal and Quebec City is massive. And it's because they get grants from the Canadian government. If you if you show that you're doing something like innovative in an artistic space, the government pretty much acts as your publisher. Um, so I was talking, yeah, I was talking to this guy from Paper Cult, and he was like, "If we did this in America, we would need to live in a in a garage or live in our basement and have a day job and do this on the side." He's like, "We get funding from the government to do this. That's why we're able to pay our devs and our artists, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Crazy concept, right? I know it's amazing, and then and they get healthcare too, and so it's like it's just like like artistically, I can't even imagine like how like lucky they must feel. It's pretty it's pretty fantastic. So yeah, they were talking about how grateful they are for that. Um, and then Rainbow Dragon Eyes did his set at the end of the night, um, and I didn't think I liked death metal. And now I'm like pretty into his music. It's fantastic. Everybody should go listen to him. And then, yeah, Monday we went for a hike and, and I saw mountains and it was fucking nuts. So it was just cool to see Seattle. Um, so it was just a good time. And shout out to everybody that like made friends with us. And, and um, a lot of people were interested in learning more about Ombra and, and, you know, listening to the podcast. And yeah, just great people doing wonderful, wonderful things. Uh, it's awesome. I think like the excitement after PAX is one of the best things about it. So, yeah, it was awesome. Um, that is the PAX recap. And that has been the part of the show where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke before we close it out. We do have a voicemail from our friend Horizons. And through a prompt, I believe Matt brought it up um, when we were what, – what, epi- what episode were we talking about? Were we, talking, we were talking about hot takes. That's right. Um, Horizons has some hot takes about shotguns. Um, so let's give a listen to what he has to say. What's up, Omega guys? It's Horizons here. I'm literally sitting in a beer store parking lot right now calling you because I should probably do it before I get drunk because we're going to talk about shotguns. So, hate them. I hate shotguns. I always have, always will. Every VR game lately, Fortnite, PUBG, Kitchen, whatever that was, Cuisine Royale. Played that once. Not a good choice. They're terrible. They're all terrible. I hate them. They All they do is make me angry. When I shoot someone and it just, like, one little pellet hits them and it flips off and then they just run away and don't die and you want to scream and rage and smash your keyboard controller, whatever it is you're using, that makes me angry. I want them to look like bad Ash after good Ash puts the boomstick in his mouth and fires and then later he's, you know, cutting them up and he's got the holes in his face from all the buckshot. That's what I want them to look like. 
Also, if you don't get that reference, uh, go home, get yourself some Mountain Dew Code Red, Cool Ranch Doritos, another hot take, those are the best kind of Doritos, and watch that movie. Do yourself a favor. The only time I ever think shotguns were right, I don't mind Reapers. You put that into uh, a Roadhog's gut, turn them into brisket, fine with me. KSG in uh, Black Ops 1, I believe, was okay. Shoddy Snipers in Halo 2 was good. But then, like, Modern Warfare 2, Akimbo 1887, were broken as shit. If you just cross-mask somebody, you didn't even need another gun. So they're just terrible. They're terrible weapons. They're terrible. I hate them, and they're terrible. Please take them out of video games. Or just ask me before you put them in, and then I'll tell you. Take them out of video games. Anyways, good broadcast as always. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Some strong words from Horizons. That was a spicy take. Yeah, he's uh, an angry boy when it comes to shotguns, but I don't blame him. I mean, I feel like I feel like he goes out of his way to, to like test these Battle Royale games, which is great because I'm not going to, um, so I'm glad we can have a report from him. He also knows his stuff with shooters, so I trust his word on shotguns. If he says take them out of games, then all right, I'm behind him. You heard the fucking man. Thanks for calling in, Horizons. We appreciate it. So, ladies and gentlemen... It's that time of the podcast. It is the end of episode 45. We're only five away from 50, and maybe we'll do something pretty fucking special for it. Uh, but that was the episode, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it for you. If you did, please let us know. You can find us wherever podcasts are listened to. iHeartRadio, Stitcher, uh, 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 Apple Podcasts, Google Thing, Android, other thing, and and Spotify, and all the other ones that you can listen to podcasts on. Let us know how we're doing. Give us a rating. Throw us a star or a smiley or whatever the fuck it is. That would be awesome. And if you really wanted to support our content, you can do so at patreon.com slash gaming. And help us grow. Help us be the best podcast we can possibly be. It would mean the fucking world to us. So with that, hey, Kate, thanks for joining the team. We're happy you're here. Yeah, me too. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you. And we will talk to you very soon. This episode is brought to you by Excedrin. Do you have a headache? And you want some caffeine? Have some Excedrin. Drugs are the best.